Viewer discretion advised. Hello, listeners. I'm still Lucas. I'm sitting next to a dog, drinking a blue moon. Jackie's got a blue moon. She's on a beanbag chair. What's up, Jackie? I'm still Jackie. Everyone's still who they are. On the inside. On the inside, which is good news. Welcome back, party people, to episode two. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Whoa, whoo. This one's more of a debate for uh, me and Lucas, so we'll see how this episode plays out. But please listen. Don't back out, guys. I promise you it's going to be worth it. <laughs> and you are likely to be offended on this episode, because what is today's topic? Systemic racism. We'll throw in a blowhorn, something like that, air horn. Ah, ah. I don't know why that's so, like, it doesn't look good. Systemic racism! Um, Yeah, that's going to be our topic for this week. We did want to throw in a little disclaimer that um, for those of us who haven't seen us in person, we are both white. We, to my knowledge, uh, haven't experienced any racism before ourselves. So everything we say, please take with a grain of salt. And the extent of racism we've had is just ginger jokes for me, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Lucas does get quite a lot of discrimination because of his uh, beard and hair color, which is... That'll be a topic for another week, you know, how your tribulations have been with that. However, though, not to brag or anything, I have been told gingers are just full of twisted steel and sex appeal. Oh, my God. Lucas's mother, (laughs) I'm so sorry you're listening. (laughs) Um, you want to start out with your opening statement, Lucas? Yeah, sure, sure. I'll go first. Okay. So, in terms of systemic racism, here in 2021, on March 24th of the year I just said, Mm -hmm. we are no longer (laughs) systemic racism. Did we used to be? Sure. But in today, no. Okay. So, you believe there was kind of like a a drop-off or something? Yeah, and yeah. I do. I am concerned though that we are becoming more racist as a country. I think we were systemic, we stopped, and now in a big push to stop being racist, it's becoming more racist. Okay, and maybe it's we'll kind get to that reverse. later if it transitions to that. Okay, okay, cool. Um, my opening statement is: I do believe that America still has systemic racism in it, just from a lot of the research that I did and personal testimonies that I've heard. Um, yeah, I think that our America was just, you know, founded, obviously, with slavery and on slavery. So it's going to take, I mean, even since the 60s, like, there's still a lot more work to be done. And just um, one of the biggest points I want to make is that just because something doesn't seem racist at first or is um, con- like you, you're consciously being racist of something doesn't mean that you're not inherently being racist. Um, but, yeah, do do we want to say let's anything else? Let's get into it. I'm ready let's to start. Let's get into it. Okay. okay I'll start because I got a idea in my head okay, let's <laughs> about hear it how then. to start. <laughs> so, think, like, when people hear racist, they think of just an individual being racist as someone else. But mm. when I hear systemic racism, I think the system, the rules. There's no rules in our society. There's no law that is racist towards Black people, white people, Asians. There's no racist laws in America in 2021. Right. No, there definitely isn't. However, there are laws in different jurisdictions that uh, end up making things racist, end up being, like, having opposite effects on what they, like, naturally wanted to have. 
which I'll, I have some points on that. Okay. I'll explain more <laughs> of that. Um, but yeah, pretty much that after reading, I noticed that there's been extensive academic research and data collected from like federal government and just like university researchers. And it's been documented in numerous ways that black Americans experience life in the United States differently than white counterparts. I think that just comes with being black in America. Not saying that every American is racist, obviously, but they're going to have a higher chance of experiencing racism than white people in America. Yeah. Um, I read one Harvard study found that when blacks and Asians whiten their resumes, this just means that they used more, quote, American or white-sounding names. For example, Greg and Linda compared to Jamal or... Um, What's the name? Like LaQuasia. They got more callbacks for corporate interviews. And then it said that 25% of black candidates received callbacks from their whitened resumes, while only 10% got calls when they left their ethnic details on their resumes. Which I found super interesting because, like, what does a name have to do with anything? You know, like, how does that... That is interesting, but yeah. it's also not systemic racism, that's individual racism. Right, but it, there, there's, there's like, that can go in government when you're applying to different government institutions. Like, that's part of Harvard's study, was that they did it in a lot of, like, bureaucratic level, you know, so like a Parks and Rec department or, you know, city council, that kind of stuff. What year is that study from? That is from 2016. Okay. Um, counterpoint, or do you have a counterfact you want to... Um, nothing about anything in the workplace, so <laughs> I guess if you have further examples of systemic okay. racism, I, you can keep I have Okay, I have another example related to that, which I found was interesting. Um, so for, there, there was a research done by, um, th this group that published a JSTOR article, which, um, any student hopefully knows what JSTOR is, that thing is a lifesaver if you're writing an ac academic paper, but it says that research shows that employers are less likely to interview job applicants with black-sounding names than those with white-sounding names, like I said. Um, and so this is how they, they figured that out. They've sent field researchers, or the field researchers sent out resumes to help-wanted companies, which did include some government um, government institutions in Boston and Chicago and then measured the callbacks and what they saw just gave them the information that if you have a black sounding name you're not going to be as likely and it didn't matter the qualifications because these were all made up resumes which I was kind of questioning I was like is that illegal like can you do that can you send like fake resumes but they they made everything like pretty much the exact same criteria except for the names. Was um, it controlling for other variables just besides the name? Like, there could have been other qualifications that they made them choose the white sound. No, no, they, it was they made sure. Like, I read throughout the entire study. It was literally just the name, like, and their ethnicity that they put on it. But, of course, they were for fake people. Um, and then the Department of Housing and Urban Development, which I believe... Oh, fuck, I didn't do my research on that, if that is a government institution. Um, but... Last year, the Department of Housing and Urban Development was accused, accused social media of steering blacks away from certain advertisements for homes. Even a Trump administration official noticed this and said Facebook is discriminating against people based upon who they are and where they live. 
and this was said by Secretary Ben Carson. Using a computer to limit a person's housing choices can be just as discriminatory as slamming a door in someone's face, which is fair enough. Um, also, a study done by the University of Massachusetts, this isn't like a fact saying that there is systemic racism, but I found it interesting that a majority of Americans agree that black citizens are treated less fairly than whites. Um, any, what, what statistics did you find? Because I will say that like a lot of these statistics I didn't want to put in here because there's so many variables that go into all this stuff, you know? Um, like, I'll just say I think that housing one is more of a class issue than a race issue. How, how so? Like, um, blacks tend to live in a lower income location versus whites, depending on where you are. I mean, there's a lot of poor right. whites in, like, Kentucky, for example, mm-hmm. or Arkansas. So I think it's more of a class issue. Okay. That is more of the problem in America today than systemic racism, because I don't think systemic racism exists. Well, okay, I think when people think of, like, here systemic racism, racism especially recently, they think of the cops, right? And okay, so, everyone wants to talk about cops. So. Right, yeah, they want to talk about how there's mistreatment. And, um, okay, then do you think cops mistreat black individuals? Yeah, I think that it definitely exists that, like, cops mistreat some black individuals or have a bias against them compared to white American. And there's statistic after statistic that shows that. I mean, and it doesn't matter, like, where they are or what, you know, even if it's in their neighborhood or not, like, back to the class issue, it's still, like... um, By mistreat, do you think, are you saying kill or harm, or what do you... Well, I I think it it spans that entire spectrum, you know, there's killing, but there's also, um, like, for cocaine, crack cocaine, you know, adventures, so I was reading that... Statistically, more blacks are known to use crack cocaine, which is, for the users out there that don't do crack cocaine, it's, um, it's pretty much crack mixed with baking soda normally, or you can put it in, like, dabs, and then it's heated up and you smoke it. So this is common in the black community, and then in the white community, they use powdered co- co- cocaine. Um, and then until a 2010 reform, the penalty of processing five grams of crack cocaine carried the same penalty as for 500 grams of the latter, a 100 to 1 ratio, which blows my mind because that is like what I was saying, like even though their reforms may be trying to, but it inadvertently creates this, this system of, you know, they're going to get charged more higher even though they have cocaine like even though anybody that's getting charged is still doing cocaine it's because that it's more common in the black communities they're going to be charged higher like which blows my mind um and again it just results in a disparate treatment of black do you think that's just an incentive tool to pass longer sentences or be harsher to stop that drug use like if you know in the back of your head that you could be locked away for a while it could make you think twice about using Right, yeah, but then the same thing could be argued for powdered cocaine. Why is yeah. why does it? But yeah, I do, I do agree. I, I, I think that that like it's definitely the longer. And because I like at the end of the day, cops do have quotas. You know, they gotta make like they gotta meet it. And um, 
I just think that that's not the way to do it. And I've I looked into it, and that reform hasn't been appealed or anything. It just has stayed like that. Okay. Um, you want to steer it somewhere else? Take it away. Um. Yeah. So over summer, you know, there's a big thing about. George Floyd and cops right. killing innocent black men. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you, how many unarmed black men you think were killed by police in 2019? Mm. Just a random number. A just, random number? Just put out a number. Just make a guess here. Mm. Based off what the media tells you, based off what you believe that the cops are racist, just make know. a guess. Here. Hey, not all cops are racist. I'm just saying that racism exists in cops. But that's in any... Okay, anyway, going back to your point. Um... I don't know, I'm going to say 60 to 80, 100. You want to <laughs> choose one of those numbers? Uh, okay, 80. In 2019, according to USA Today, there was 13 unarmed black men killed by cops in 2019. In the entire United States? Yes. Wow, I didn't know that. And other outlets were reporting nine, but I'll go with the USA Today because they're the most neutral and well-known source that mm. I found on that number. Is that number surprising to you based off of media or like the thought of racism in the country? I mean, yeah, I'd say it is it is surprising just because like, you know, people focus a lot on those that were unarmed because even though it's just 13, like that's still 13 people that weren't showing any type of, you know, move to incite violence or anything from these cops so that's still messed up but yeah I I am surprised by that just with how focused the media especially on the left side has been yeah because the narrative over summer was that that cops were hunting black men right which is simply not true and according to fbi.gov like the fbi statistics on law enforcement 2019 there were 41 total accidental deaths by police 38 were male, 3 were female, but that's irrelevant to our race issue. Mm-hmm. 39 were white, and 2 were black. Okay. So still, there's still more white men being killed by innocent or right. innocent white men being killed than innocent black men. Right, but does it have to be killing? Like, did, did you see any other statistic on just... Well, this says it's accidental like, death. Small. I'll go back to this link, see what comes up here. Do you want to talk about something while I'm looking at um, this? Oh, yeah. Another thing that I read was that in over 1.8 million traffic stops in California, black people were far more likely to be stopped for reasonable suspicion as opposed to actually breaking a law and were three times more likely than any other group to be searched, even though those searches of white people were more likely to turn up contraband. And that is from uh, the factual for people that are listening that's just all over the country no that that was just in california throughout all of california the data that was collected in california okay i'm curious to see if there was like i'd be very interested in seeing the individual case by case reason why the cop pulled that person over Mm. well yeah for sure but that's that's 1.8 million so that's rifling through a fuck ton of yeah And I like that you touched about quotas earlier because, like, you never hear anything about the fire department and they're not paid per fire they put out. They're mm-hmm. just paid a salary. I think if cops didn't have a quota, you would hear a much different narrative about them. I think you're so right. I think you're so right. I also believe that if the media didn't report 
very harshly on every black death compared to every white person that dies, there would mm-hmm. be um, a much different response to cops and black people when they get pulled over. Because if you're just a black individual in America seeing on the news or on social media that cops are out to get you, you're being biased against, the country's racist against you, you're going to have the back in your head that you're about to be treated unfairly. You may mm. be aggressive towards the cop because you think you need to be on your self-defense and be alertive about this. See, that could be the cause of a bunch of brutality because the cops need to retaliate against a black mm. man being mm. hesitant about the cop approaching them. And I will say, like, it, it's it's not easy being a cop. Like, of course, you're put in extremely high-stress, uh, you know, situations. But there's a statistic that I read that uh, white people are more likely to have de-escalation techniques used on them than black people. And that was in, um, uh, let me find, that was in Nevada was where that study was done. Um, and that's another thing is that I, I wish I could get more, like, universal, you know, mm-hmm. all over the nation. But a lot of places just do it um, state by state, which I, I get because that's easier information to collect. But, um, like, that that's a whole other thing is, like, why not use... And I, I understand that each each case, each person, each suspect whatever you want to call them is going to have different you know it's a different scenario different techniques protocol that you have to use but like at the end of the day de-escalations should be the first and foremost if you're not threatened immediately with any type of gun type deal you know you're right do you agree with that i agree but i also believe or maybe not believe but it could be a theory here that it's easier to um like, uh, what word you were just using? It totally just blanked. De-escalate. De-escalate <laughs> a white offender than a black man because in the back of a white person's head, they're not thinking this person's out to get me. And your defense will stay up, your walls will be up if you think they're out to get you. So you're not going to likely de-escalate if you're always on the defense. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. But also, like, we we can't ever be in the minds of, like, a black person. You're right. Being, you know, um being brought up against but uh, I mean either way I think that it's de-escalation and like that type of the defundment of the police quote um will have to be a topic for another podcast because I do find that to be extreme but but that that's something that we agree on right that there mm-hmm. needs to be more training than oh absolutely yeah, yeah. Cops are not trained nearly as much as they should be. Right, and that's, and I think that's another thing that's feeding into all of this is that, like, you know, with every single variable that goes into everything, like, with the housing, you know, it's, it is more common for black Americans to be, um, you know, in, in the poverty of America, like, they're in a higher percentage than the white people, so that just contributes to education issues because schools in lower funded areas don't get as funded as areas in other places where it's more you know white dominated so I feel like it's just this constant cycle but what would help bring awareness to this help uh, you know just with any type of police situation police call is the training and it blows my mind that in America there is no set amount of training I believe the minimum is three months which like my biggest argument for that if, if it's 
you know, you have to go through four years of law school to practice the law. You should have to go through at least two years to enforce it, you know. There should be <clears throat> multiple times a month where you learn de-escalation training again, how to handle your weapon again. And I think another big issue here is that there's many ex-military that become cops after they retire from mm, the military. Mm-hmm. And in the military, you're trained to kill. To be right. a cop, you're trained to suppress. And if you're a um, former military guy that became an officer, you may have some PTSD going on, or maybe you shouldn't. I don't know if you'd still be hired to be a cop if you have that going on, but you can still have that right, random flashback. Be like, well, I got to put this guy down right now. Right, right. Because there's, there's really no stopping that. Like, I mean, especially if you've seen the stuff overseas, like, I can't even imagine being in that position. But, yeah, I mean, like, that's just, that's the thing with being a cop. It's a split-second decision, mm-hmm. and that's what It's the second up. hardest job in the world behind being the president. Yeah. Maybe I mean, besides t- being <laughs> Jake Paul, you know, he's got it. <laughs> but also, back to the training. So, like, if you're g- going to be deployed to go serve your country overseas, mm-hmm. you have months and months of training for that one mission. As a cop, you have those six months of training, or whatever you're talking about, and then you're just a cop. You right. don't have that constant training again. Yeah, yeah. Which I, and, and I think is what is also, like, for the media, really fueling their all this argument is that there's, you know... Um, I don't know if ignorance is the word, but just just a lack of education on like how to how to handle everything. And I don't know. Like I said, it's it's so hard to put yourself in the position of cops. But like, I I mean, I don't think that every cop is racist. Definitely not. But I think that there's there's some problematic stuff that needs to be addressed in either training, like I said, because that that's what would fix so many of people's issues with the cops is just necessary, efficient training. Just what I did not get about over some of the defund the police or take funding from them when they need more funding and more training. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Definitely more training. I agree. So I guess this is, talking about cops is a good way to transition into George Floyd. Right. Because if any listener out there does not know, the murder trial is going on right now for Oscar Officer mm. Chauvin, Chauvin, Chauvin? Chauvin, I, I don't know. I don't not know. a... Nameologist, sorry folks. So, do you think this guy is getting a fair trial after hearing that the city of Minneapolis has already paid a $27 million settlement to the family of George Floyd before the trial began? Mm. There is an autonomous George Floyd zone at his memorial square where they or have a memorial of his death, where it's being described as a war zone by multiple news outlets. Where they're hearing gunshots every night. They have volunteer medics and they're taking care of people. Mm-hmm. And I heard from the Tim Pool podcast who was talking about this, saying that um, when the prosecutor and the lawyer were interviewing possible jurors to see who was best fit to be on the jury, they were asking possible jurors if they would feel safe or unsafe being on the jury. So with that, yeah, said, that that's crazy. Like imagine getting a jury duty letter, you know, and it's the it's the George. George Floyd case, and they're like, you going to feel safe? Oh, my God, I wouldn't so, want to say. Do you think this guy's going to get a fair trial, the officer, knowing that the jury knows that there's riots going on outside the um, courthouse all over the city? There's gunshots going everywhere. There was riots from Black Lives Matter all over summer. Do you think, like, if you were to say not guilty on this officer, mm-hmm. would you think you could be hunted down by rioters? 
You think that's in the back oh, of the head? You yeah, think yeah, they're having yeah. a fair trial? No, I think 100%. Like, it, it's... I think the trial itself is going to try to be as, you know, at least with the... Do you know who the judge is on it? We should actually look into who the judge is. Oh, okay. Um, but maybe what kind of bias he swings. But I think the, the trial itself is going to be fair, but it's going to be the... Um, the backlash of it. So if he does get not guilty, there was so much media attention on the George Floyd case that I think like rioters, you know, people who are can extremely passionate about this and disagree with it will go after this cop or will do something. I, I don't know. And and that's a whole other what if thing. And I we Lucas and I both hate what ifs because it's like it's so hard to say, but I think there's I gonna agree be... with you. I think there's gonna be like some, but I think the trial itself, they're going to try to remain, you know, just strictly look at the evidence. Um, uh, there's going to be backlash no matter how the outcome is, because how many true. cops out there are going to be demoralized by the outcome if he's found guilty when they're trained to suppress like that and have the, like I was hearing on a podcast from Tim Pool, I forget who the guest was on, but it was a former police officer okay. who's saying in Minneapolis, the training is you put your knee there to help them breathe better. I don't know. How that helps, so apparently that was what they're trying to do. Now, for nine minutes or eight minutes, however long it was supposed to be, that was definitely too long. You could have, like, the other bystanding officers could have butted in. But in that moment, it's hard to say. Like, and there's a cop in that moment, like, do you intervene? Are you caught up in the moment? Like, well, what do you do? Well, the, big, the biggest thing was that he was screaming, I can't breathe. Like, I, that, that's, He was you know, screaming that, that inside the cop car. They took him outside. Yeah, but he was also, when he was on the ground, he was also screaming it. Like, when they, you know, when they yeah, did Yeah, but if he's screaming yeah. that for minutes on end before they even take him outside the cop car, that's why they took him out, because he was saying he could not breathe being handcuffed inside right. the back of the cop car. Right. Well, at the end of the day, it's, it's pol- again, it's police training. Like, if, whether it was the cop's intent to kill that guy or not, he still fucked up, and he did that, and he... There, there needs to be, you know, you can't, if you are going to do the neon back thing, which I didn't know, I, I'm glad you looked into that about that it, was that just one cop that said that? Or do you know if it's like a whole department thing where you, um, uh, it's, it may it's just be the department. Them. I know they specified it was a Minneapolis thing. I don't oh, know if that's okay, federal okay. or not. Well, I'm, I'm hoping, and I'm sure millions of Americans are hoping to see reform on that, that there's. You know, not... I mean, if there's training to say you to do that, then obviously there's a good part of, like, there's a positive effect in doing that if they're trying to help him breathe better. Right, but but obviously, obviously yeah, it ended up having a negative effect, which is why that should be looked into. And, like, that's another thing is being a cop and, ah, fuck, I don't know enough about it, but, like, you know, just coming up with that, the different de-escalation techniques, the protocol everything like there's so much that goes into it but um back to your point about how the family already got a settlement um I think that's awesome and that's great but at the end of the day like this police officer is the one that's the trial's about you know like if he is going to be charged to be guilty or not so I think that's awesome that the family still got it but regardless he should still be on trial for it and I'm looking this up right now to double check it, but I believe the autopsy report on the death was not caused by the cop. Like, his death was not purely on the cop there. Okay, yeah, look, look into that. Look into that so we I'm can get I'm pulling over right now to double check this. I'm having trouble spelling 
autopsy on Google right now. <laughs> <laughs> autopsy. Medical examiner's autopsy reveals George Floyd had positive tests for coronavirus. Okay, that's irrelevant. I don't know why I clicked on that. But maybe this will be for later. We'll pull that up some other time. Okay. Um, if anything else to add on this George Floyd thing or well, police I brutality. think the the um a girl that shouldn't be um overlooked is Breonna Taylor. Okay. You, why is that? Uh, because so she's a twenty. And this I know I'm familiar oh, with you're the familiar case, with but her, why do yeah. you think should not be overlooked? Is well, the well, because she was unarmed as well. It says twenty six year old African American was fatally shot. In her apartment, when white plainclothes officers, Jothan Mattingly, Brett Hawkins, and Miles Cosgrove, um, forced entry into the apartment as a part of an investigation into a drug dealing operation. Which is yeah, it was fair. her boyfriend's apartment. They were looking right. for him, not her, right. and she got caught in the gunfire. Right. Was it, um... There would not have been any gunfire if the boyfriend did not fire first. Right, but it's still, like, she suffered from that. She had to die from that. Like, that's the thing. Is, it goes back yeah, to, like, de-escalation. It was like the fault of the cops. Well, How are you going to de-escalate someone who's shooting right at you? You have well, to shoot Well, I back. think, I don't know. I think that, like, there, like, she, there needs to be more attention to her with this, you know, with everything. Because, like, um... Like, was there, I know that there's controversy on how they tried to intervene with her, to try to get help with her, to save her life. Like, there was some issues with that, you know. Like, I think it all comes down to, like, the response of a cop and how to do Which, again, it's so hard for us to talk about because we're not cops or anything, you know. I remember but, reading, they said it was either a no-knock or a knock-work. I forget which one they had, but I remember they did the opposite of what the warrant said. Are oh, you, okay. Did you read that same thing? No, I, I haven't. But they had, like, an active arrest warrant out for her boyfriend. So she Mm. was just at the wrong place at the wrong time. And cops have handguns. It's harder to control a handgun than it is a rifle. Right. I'm assuming they use handguns for that. True. Breaking down the door. Well, yeah. We'll we'll get into uh, gun control as an episode another time. That one's going to be interesting. But, But again, it was was not the cop's fault Breonna Taylor died. It was... Just wrong place, wrong time. If you want to give advice for people like her out there is date someone better. Don't d- date someone who's got an arrest warrant out for them. Right. Well, that's... That's what? <laughs> Say it. You can't... I don't know. I'm just saying, like, you know... It comes you, down to personal choice. Yeah, yeah, sure it does. But you could never have foreseen him... Like, she didn't know her boyfriend was going to well, shoot she's got to know he has a gun in his own apartment. Yeah, but so does half of fucking America has a gun in their apartment. Yet, yeah, people still choose to date them. Like, that doesn't matter, you know? I don't, I don't know. I think it, it it wasn't her fault that she died, and that's, like, too bad. That it no, it wasn't happened, her but... fault, and it wasn't the cop's fault. All right, we'll agree to disagree. Okay. <laughs> um, but... Any guests? Uh, I think we've had... Oh, I want a few more things to talk about before you try to wrap this up. Go for it, yeah. So, earlier I said that there was no systemic racism in America, but there is one law on the books that is racist, but it's meant to help minorities. It's affirmative action. Okay, go into that. So, are you for or against affirmative action? Because I believe it does way more harm than it does good. Yeah, I think I might agree with you on it. I'd have to do more research on it personally. I haven't looked into it a bunch, but... So, like, there's a lot... There's far more dropouts from black students or minorities who get in on affirmative actions than students that earn their way into college from their SAT and SAT scores. Mm -hmm. 
like using affirmative action gets a minority into school just for diversity purposes and like saying, oh, you can be in here because we need to look better in perceptually and or image wise. When that person does not earn their way in, their scores do not reflect the skills that you need to be in that school and compete academically. They're mm-hmm. setting these students up to fail just by trying to fill a diversity quota. Mm. It does more harm to black America than it does good. Yeah, you think? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like, I haven't done enough research on it, but I'll take your word for it. That sounds Other than give your quick opinion on it without research, like, do you think it should still be used? Well, I mean, uh, I don't know. Because I think with, with the good intentions, I think it does help end up helping out some. But like you said, that there's, like, repercussions of it. And I think that's with a lot of stuff in this debate is that, like, a lot of stuff is trying to have good intentions, but just ends up skewing, you know, having a skewing effect to it, a skewage. I love the word skew. Word of the day. (laughs) Word of the day. First episode is affluent, now it's skew. But further noting that... Oh, 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 can we talk about um, body cams? What are your... uh... Yeah, can we just finish? I, I was going to add one more thing. Oh, oh yeah, action. yeah. No, go for it. So Asian Americans are not included under affirmative action. They're considered white in that terms of scholarship. Really? Wow. Yes. So, like, especially, that's kind of interesting, especially given right now that there's a lot of hate towards Asian Americans right now, mm-hmm. which is very horrible. You should not be doing that. If no. you are, then you should eat a bug. Yeah, no. Suck a softball through a straw. Like, honestly, like, try <laughs> your very awesome hardest setting. until your brain explodes because you are an uneducated, irrelevant human if you are spreading Asian hatred right now. That's so stupid. I hate that. Um, but I'm, I'm glad we agree on that. That's awesome. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! We'll put in a clap track. <laughs> I like clapping ourselves. Yeah. We're authentic that way. Yeah, it's true. We should get like a live audience. <laughs> Have like one of those bars that light up, like applause Just now. Our roommates clapping at us. Yeah. <laughs> right, so you're trying to bring up the police cams? Yeah, I just, to be honest, I'm thoroughly uneducated on it. Is it, um,. Do you know if it, it's, like, by state or by county? Like, if it's required that they wear body cams? I thought it was, was a national a thing. Law? I did not look up body cams for this discussion. Yeah, neither did I. <laughs> I literally just saw something on, like, this page that I'm looking at, and I was like, oh, because that's kind of a whole other thing. What were you hoping to talk about in this topic? Oh, I just was wondering if you, like, knew if it was federally um, mandated or not. I think but, it is. I don't know. But that's very... I didn't know that the Asians, Americans I think are under... dashboard, like, from the car is required, but I don't know mm-hmm. if, like, a camera on your body is required. It's required, right. Okay. Which I think it should be. What do you think? I think you it totally think the should body be. cam should be? Yeah, because, like, at the, it, it, just with any circumstance in, like, a courtroom, it could really help, you know, clear up. A if lot of things, if there's being... actually, like, if there's footage of something happening, you know? Yeah, you can yeah. see if the um, the person they're looking into instigated it, or if the police are really brutalizing mm-hmm. who they're going after. Right, right. I think that'd be a smart thing to do, yeah. Mm-hmm. Another agreement there. Oh, and that's another thing with cops, dude, <clears throat> is that, like, it sucks that we live... I mean, and this is just for any, I think... 
person that's in high school, any young American, is that like there's this fear of the cops. Tell me you do not drive by a cop car and slam on the brakes even though you're going the speed limit. Like that, at least that's what you I know. I think it's a fear I've of the been... cops. I think it's a fear of paying a ticket. Well, yeah, but that comes with getting pulled over by a cop, you know. So yeah, like, they're so just the messenger wanna... at that point. Hey, you're yeah, yeah, like, sure, they're the messenger, but they're the ones that are going to pull you over. Like, they are the ones that are actively pursuing you. Cop chase. Oh, my God, being in a cop chase in a car? People, my please write in. I would that. love to hear your your experiences with car chases. <laughs> The OJ Simpson Our listeners one. have never been in a car chase, Jackie. <laughs> I guarantee it. I would what? bet one beer that it's the case. That what? None of our listeners what have been that? in a car chase. Damn it, come on, guys. <laughs> I'm holding out hope that some of you are badasses out there. <laughs> badass. Badass. Morgan Beinlich, please... Say your piece. I know that you have a story on this. <laughs> oh, well, there goes a beer for me. Way to go. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, any other thoughts? Oh, I forgot to bring up one thing earlier about the autonomous war zone going on in Minneapolis right now mm. about the George Floyd. Cops have tried getting in and helping. They mm-hmm. cannot get in, and now the FBI is getting involved. Oh, my gosh. Skipped that's over crazy, that man. Like... I understand the frustration in the community, you know, like everything, but the hippie, but if the hippie side of me doing is that like because of violence and police right. brutality. How is the response violence? It's, it's, it's not going to make yeah, anything better. It's counterintuitive. I agree. I think like um, writing is is a topic on its own, but the hippie in me is just like let's all just be peaceful. Watch how this plays out, and then if you get the, you know. Um, if once once the trial verdict comes out and you aren't happy about it, God give him right to respond to that however you want to, as long as it's not harming others, you know. Um, but I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll uh, we'll definitely now that I know the trial's starting. How long do you think it's gonna go on for? Um, I want definitely over a month. I think. I bet there's. I don't know. If I was the jury, I would not make this a quick decision. Or maybe yeah. I would to get the writing to stop. To just I don't be like, know. Let's, but... let's fucking chill, people. Um... It's just wild. So yeah. one thing I did want to say, if you're hopefully still listening out there, our faithful yeah. listeners, mm-hmm. <laughs> is that, especially given today's topic of racism, there's a great documentary out there on Amazon Prime. I think it's $3 on Amazon if you don't have Prime, and it's called Uncle Tom. Mm-hmm. It takes you through the history of the Democratic Party, the Republican Party, and what it's like being a black American, spe- specifically a black conservative in America mm-hmm. today. And don't think it comes from the bias. I mean, it is kind of biased, but it also shits on the Republican Party towards the end of the documentary. I watched it last night. It was very good. I liked it. I don't normally mm-hmm. like documentaries, but Yeah, it was yeah, good. you really don't. You're nor- like, Oh, have you seen uh, Zack Schneider's? No. DC Cut? Oh, yeah, I saw the Justice League. Of course I did. That's a four-hour-long movie. That's insane. You say that like it's a bad thing. People can sit down and watch a TV show for hours, but they can't watch a four-hour movie. Come on, Jack. Uh, that's a good point, but like, 
I don't know, like sitting in an sitting down for four hours. I mean, I can, I do like three episodes of something top. It's breaking. It's like broken down hours. into parts. It's like part one. And oh, okay. has a title cover. No, I'm still gonna watch it. Don't it get me wrong. Fantastic. But um, Joker's in it. Yeah, no. Another yeah. thing to watch is Kim Peel's Black Republican skit because it's absolutely hilarious. So two sides of the spectrum to check out for Black. But this documentary, Uncle Tom, is very good. You yeah. should all watch it. I learned. A few things last night. It was pretty mm. cool. I was doing to prepare for this, but there was like no like this like groundbreaking statistic to use. Right. Well, um, yeah. Thank you everyone for listening. This was definitely a hot topic, and I think there's way more that needs to be explored. I did feel nervous going into this, and I do feel like I underprepared. But at the end of the day, people are have a right to their own opinions, which is awesome beauty of america America. (laughs) except when you get censored yeah (laughs) back-to-back world war champion that's lucas's favorite saying no no yeah you love saying i have a lot of favorite sayings first of all sure sure but that's one of yours sure i have a shirt that says that yeah um (laughs) i'll throw up a poll on instagram of who are, who our viewers agreed with more this episode. Um, I, I don't like even care that you agree. I just wanted you all to learn something because I'm sure True. none of you knew how few black Americans mm. were innocently killed or unarmed killed in 2019. Because like, right. definitely the perception right. is way more than there actually right. is. No, I, you're totally right. That was a good point. Like, I hope the they learned really... a few things from your work discrimination, like job interview resume things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, well, here's the thing is, once it goes, my thing is, is, as as terrible as it is, like, I have to bring up my same point from the censorship, is that these small businesses, or not even small, whatever business it is, has it in their right to pick whatever resume they want, even if it's skewed towards the white demographic. My issue is, is when it comes down to lower bureaucratic levels, like, Parks and Rec departments, you know, city count, like stuff like that is when that's when my opinion it becomes systemic. Like, and it, that's such an easy fix. That type of stuff is so easy. You know, it's just like I just feel bad that black people feel the need to whiten their resume. You should never feel the need to be a different race. You should one hundred percent feel completely safe in. Yes, correct. Who you Agree, are. and that brings us back to the Uncle Tom documentary again. The theme of the film is that. Black Americans should not feel the need to think of themselves as victims. They should mm-hmm. feel the need to rise above the stereotype and be great Americans and achieve greatness, mm-hmm. no matter how they feel or how they think they should be perceived to act in society based off their skin color. Wonderful point, wonderful point. All right, thank you everyone for joining us today. We here in the UK really appreciate it. <laughs> It went into like a Liverpool accent towards the end of I'm not even going to try to do that. Just thank you for giving a damn about what we have to say. Yeah. Good night. And try to give a damn about what other people have to say. Because in the end, educated views matter. Um, That's all I have to say. Anything else? Just that we are two educated views, I like to think. We try at least. I I like to think we are too. Oh my goodness. (laughs) That was like a mix between like... Uh, Brit and like that creepy old guy and family guy. Oh my god, Herbert or Herb or something. Her, her what? Herb, I think his <laughs> name is, or Herbert. I don't know, whatever. I don't know. All right, good night, America. Peace.